my god you made it it's another episode of we did that shit i'm maya and she's laughing and i'm baby (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what the hell it is it's like soon as we get on these mics um it's just funny i don't even know like we got through the whole little our whole little conversation with no giggles and then soon as it starts it's the giggles so how was your week it was good. Um, it was the Memorial Day holiday, and oh, yeah. I did a little bit of relaxing, and then um, I had friends come into town uh, from Georgia, and we went out to D.C. and hung out, went to the African-American Smithsonian. Uh, that was a, a awesome experience. I, I have to go back. You can't do it in one day. You, you have to do it in days. You know, we only got to the second floor and didn't even do that whole thing. I well, was in there mad, sad, and I mean, just any emotion that you could think of, I was in that museum. I'm sure. I know mm. I felt that way from the great blacks and wax the first time I went. So I know that's going to be something when I go see that. Mm. It's really, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Just the details that they have in there and all of the information, and it, it's just captivating, you know. But it was a lot of others in there, and I was just thinking, like, especially on the first floor, it's all about slavery, and mm-hmm. it was just stopping, reading everything. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what the hell you want to read about this stuff for? <laughs> like, what are you trying to learn? So are people, you trying to learn how your people captivate, how they held, how they us, held captive, us captive, abused and, us, and, and tortured and, us, and stole our yeah, children? Like, I, and, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to the great um, others museum and and looking at how they were slave masters, and I'm reading every detail. Like, oh, I wonder how they did that. No, I'm just uh, you know. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, but I mean, yeah, so. they can come, but. Yeah. I don't think so, but you know, I think a different way about a lot of things. But um, you know what? We'll get off of that because you know I'll go on a tangent. Um, so, how was your week? My week was fabulous. So it was. This is the third week in a row that your week was fabulous. I'm telling you, it just gets. I know it just gets betterer and betterer and betterer. So, <laughs> so, well, you know, we had a little impromptu, Kimmy called us, you know, some people up and we just went down auntie's house and mm-hmm. it was a barbecue with no grill. Cause by right. the time we got there, <laughs> she had made like a feast of all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, Tony Lynette brought crabs and, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of us, maybe like 10 and we had a good time. We missed mm-hmm. you though, boo. I'm sure. <laughs> but we you had know, a really good time. Like, Everybody um, says hi. And, and of course, it was a short work week, which was good. And um, I got a lot of things done. I really, really, really love progress. And mm-hmm. today I had like 16 things on my to-do list. And I got them okay. all done. And I was like, this is wonderful. Nice. You know, I mean, the only thing that would have made it better is if it was actually work. But, hey, mm. I had stuff to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> All day today, I was doing personal stuff, too. It, it was, I mean, I took my laptop to work, and I was just doing it up. Yeah, like, sometimes um, you need you got to get stuff done. You got to mm-hmm. get stuff done. So I said if I ever owned a company and had employees, I would have, like, you know, you could work 40 hours a week, and if you get paid every two weeks, so for the first week, you can work like not eight hours for five days. And the second week, I would give you the option. You can work four tens so that you can have a day off and still get your little 40 hours. Because uh-huh. I don't want to take PPL to go to the doctor right. or the bank or the right. post office, you know, whatever. So, you know, you make me take PPL, no problem. I'll come to work. I'll get all my stuff done anyway. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> Something going to slack, and it ain't going to be my stuff. Exactly. So, so what are we getting into today? <laughs> today we are um, talking egos. Mm. You know, what's the song say? We, you got a big ego. You know, I can't sing. Yeah, at all. Not even the a little Queen bit. Beyonce. She oh, that's know. Beyonce. Yes, that's Beyonce. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know a Beyonce song, y'all. Write that down. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the words, but I know it's a song with ego. Well, you know, you know that. I got a big ego. You oh, know that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I said. Okay. That's the song. <laughs> right. Okay. So, mm, Look at me. I'm telling you, my week's getting better and better. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm 10 minutes from a beehive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably 10 years from the beehive, but we'll oh, let know. you win when you come around. <laughs> oh, so yeah, egos, that's good. Um, yeah. But before we get into that, who did some shit? And we'll do all yours because last week, my who did some shit it really wasn't kind of fair to you, huh? <sighs> I, listen, it was information that needed to be um, told to me, and it should have been told to me outside of the show. But, yeah. you know, it it is what it is. You wanted to get my natural reaction and you got it. Last week I was cussing up a storm. This week I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum. And, and notice I said try. Try. So, All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but it's a lot of shit going on. You know that. Mm-hmm. But um, my first who did some shit is about, uh, did you hear about the man Matthew Charles in Nashville? Who has to go back to prison. You know, this is just a story that grinds my gears. So Matthew Charles, um, like I said, from Nashville, he was released from prison in 2016 after serving 21 years. He was originally sentenced to 35 years for selling crack cocaine to an informant. Mm. And he served 21 years of that, and then he got released under the Obama administration. So when Obama was in office, he passed a law that reduced people's sentences when they had certain crack um, violations. So when they were selling just a certain amount of uh, crack and they were getting football numbers, right, made it so that a lot of people got released. And right. Matthew Charles was one of, one of the people that got released. So in the time that he got released, he came out, he got a job, he formed a relationship with God, he um, volunteered every Saturday. Even when he was in jail, he never had an infraction. He became a law clerk, he taught GEDs, Mm, um, mm, the GED mm. program. I mean, he was like a model prisoner, and then he was a model citizen when he got released. Mm, mm, And mm. so... After he got released, he was out for two years, and then they brought him back Mm, mm, to the court mm. system because they said that he was released when he wasn't supposed to be released under these guidelines. Mm, And mm, so mm. they tried him again. Well, I I don't know necessarily if they tried him again, but they basically told him that he has to come back and now serve the remainder of the 35 years that he originally had. Mm, And mm, so he's going back to prison. You know, mm, they gave mm, him 45 mm. days to get his affairs in order. Like, what do you do for 45 days? You already got 21 years out of this man for selling a small amount of crack cocaine to an informant. 21 years, you don't think that that was enough time to serve? And you I saw murderers that in the two don't years, get that much time. At all. Like rapists, mm-hmm. child molesters, mm-hmm. they don't get that much time. And you have this man who went into prison. He he took the time. He did something wrong. He took the time. He went into prison. You originally gave him all of this time that he wasn't even supposed to have. And now you want him to go back. Now, 21 years wasn't enough. Not just you want him to go back, but you sought him out. Mm-hmm. You sought him out to fight to get him back. Right. As hard as it is for men getting out of prison to get a second chance, to get a life, to establish themselves in the community. And you, with all of this other stuff that is going on, you Mm -hmm. go to court and fight 
to get for the him man. To go back to prison. Oh my gosh. And that's what and, disgusts me. That's right. what disgusts me. Because the prosecutors went and sought his reincarceration. Mm-hmm. 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 They did. Mm-hmm. And the judge who handed down the sentence, she called the situation sad and said that he showed um a you know a great rehabilitation because anyone that doesn't know, let us be here to tell you prison is not rehabilitation. At they all. Do not rehabilitate. Most people At that all. go into prison, they become more criminal of a criminal mm-hmm. than they were even before they got in there. Just to survive. Um, and so she she said that she handed down the sentence, though, because her hands were tied. And I'm thinking, like, you are a judge. It's nothing in the laws that said that you can't change this. Mm. But he her has hands, to literally go Her back. hands were tied by her husband's golf buddies and stuff, you know. Yeah. Put them back in prison. So she, That's what that was. I mean, it's just a sad situation. You know, I, I definitely... The justice system we know is no justice, not for a black man, not at all. At all. Because originally he should have never got to sentence, and now here we are with this. It's just a sad situation. I want to keep him and his family in prayers because I can't even imagine, like, you start your life over and now you got to go back. now. And what about if this man goes back and he becomes uh, just a bitter, evil, destructive person because you're throwing him back into a cage? Well, let's hope that doesn't happen, but yeah, I get it. Mm. I hope it doesn't. So, moving on, let's see who else did did some shit. So, you know, we hate talking about her on this podcast, but it has to come up because she keeps doing shit. Kim Kardashian is back in the um, headlines. Uh, So, this week... If you've been following the Twitter streets, Kim Kardashian got into it with Rhymefest. And for those of you who don't know, Rhymefest is a rapper um, who started out, he's from Chicago. He started out really with Kanye uh, West. He has uh, he has done a lot of writing for Kanye West. And in 2011, he started Rhymefest, Kanye West, and another gentleman by the name of Donnie Smith, they started a um organization, a nonprofit organization, and it's called Don Donya's House. And it's named after Kanye West's mother. And so they do, they have this organization for creatives in the Chicago area. And it's a place for children to come and teenagers, young adults. And, you know, they have workshops and they do a number of things in the community, but specifically with creative uh, people. So if you want to be a rapper or a singer or producer or whatever, you know, you come here. And it is well, you You're selling it, it like it's going to keep going. Well, it, it, <laughs> it, it might keep going, just not under Kanye West. Um, so Kim Kardashian was in the Twitter streets well, well, no, no, let me backtrack. Rhymefest came out and basically was saying Kanye West ain't doing nothing for the organization. He ain't supporting the organization. But every time that the organization is in the news, he gets credit for it. Oh, okay. You know, like, oh, he's just doing something so great. And, then, and they're not focusing on the people that have boots on the ground. And so Kim Kardashian calls herself coming to the defense quotations mm-hmm. of her husband. Um, so she tweeted out all of this nonsense about how Rhymefest is just bitter because she was he's not on Kanye West's new album and how he had fake Yeezys on. Just all kinds of stuff to distract you from the fact that Kanye West ain't doing nothing with the organization. He's not the giving day, money or anything? To. He's no, not- he's not giving money. He's not giving money. He's not giving time. He's not giving energy because here's the thing. You are Kanye West. You are a huge name. It's not always about money. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you can't fund something, it's not always about that. It's just like how you got a deadbeat ass dad. Kids don't want your money. They don't know what you're giving them or not. They want your time. They want your energy. They want your effort. And so it's the same thing with this nonprofit. And that's what they're saying. But anyway, Rhymefest came out and he wrote this whole um, letter to Kim Kardashian as his response and basically was saying, you could do what you want to do with the organization. You know, you ain't hurting me. You hurting the kids. You mm-hmm. know, me and my wife are, um, like I said, boots on the ground. We are here every day. We doing the work. What are you doing? She threatened to take the organization and have her kids run it. Like, girl, you're not thinking about 
the children of have Chicago that this is benefit. Yeah, kids? your kids is two. You're <laughs> not thinking about having. You're not thinking about the kids. You're thinking about yourself. It's a selfish ass, bullshit ass. Dumbass thing that you're doing, and to call yourself defending your husband. Let me tell you the problem that I have with this: women, stop getting in men's shit. Mm-mm. Because at the end of the day, your husband is a grown ass man. Your husband should be defending himself. You got your husband really got you out here looking like a dumbass because you are arguing with another man when that's your husband's job. Your husband's job is to take care of the that not yours. That's just like if you was arguing with a chick and your husband jumped into it. That's bitch shit. Stay out of that. Because mm-hmm. the first thing that you would be saying is, damn, he a bitch. He all in the woman stuff. Blah, 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 blah. And it's the same thing. Let men handle things the way that they want to handle it. Rhymefest and Kanye West got a relationship. They're friends. Right. So they know how to get in contact with one another to discuss this. They don't need your dumb ass jumping in to the so-called beef. That ain't beef. You know what I'm saying? And at at the end of the day, it's about the kids, not about you. That's what I hate. I just hate that family so much because it's <laughs> all about, I do, it's all about them. And we're talking ego today, people. We are talking ego. As a matter of fact, our topic is, you know, our episode is called Check Your Ego at the Damn Door. And that's what she needs to do. Not at the damn door, but just at the door. But that's what she needs to do. And so the whole thing is just like, stand down, sis. Shut up. Learn how to just shut up. It'll do you a world of good, you know. And for Rhymefest and for people like Rhymefest that are out there helping children in the inner cities, you know, keep up the good work. Kudos to you. That's right. And I, I object for you calling her sis. And I just also want to say, way to go and try not to curse. What's next? Right. That's why I said, that's why I said, (laughs) sis, even though I had called her a bunch of bitches already. But anyway, (laughs) next. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Next. Well, let's talk about Roseanne. We got to talk about that. (sighs) Roseanne is in the news. Um, Roseanne bars, you know, they brought her show back to ABC. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Roseanne show. Why? I don't know. Here's the thing about the Roseanne show. Even when Roseanne was popular, right? I didn't know Roseanne was so popular. She was like, very popular. Roseanne. She was very popular. And even Roseanne was, the show was very popular. And that Sarah Gilbert was like the one. She was like that cast member. Who was Every, that? Sarah Gilbert played she- her daughter. Um, you know the, the one that's on the talk show now. Yes, yes. That's her name. Her name is Sarah? Sarah Gilbert. What was her name on the show? I forgot her name on the show, but she was like she was like that kid that everybody loved. Like they loved her her character. It was Becky and that's her Becky. No, Becky was the older daughter. No, Becky was the neighbor or some shit. Becky was. She had two daughters and a son, and. Becky was, I think Becky was the older daughter. That that wasn't Sarah Gilbert's character. But anyway, it was a very popular show. People loved Sarah Gilbert's character, loved it. So it was, um, you know, very, very popular. Um, You know, what is it called? That mainstream TV, whatever, very popular show in this time slot. So, yeah, it it was good. They brought it back because it, it was it really was a moneymaker. Um, oh, okay. But let's get to the point. The sister dropped her like a sack of potatoes. Come on. Right. So <laughs> we know that it is um, an African-American woman running ABC. She's the first black uh, president of ABC, Channing Dungy. Yes. Her name is. Um, and way to go, sis. That's, no, that's right. A real that's sis. a real sis. Um, right. <laughs> so, again, she's the first African-American woman to head the company and she dropped uh, Roseanne Barr because she tweeted a bunch of racist jokes about uh, the former Obama administrative official, Valerie, what's her name? Valerie Jarrett? Valerie Jarrett, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so she t- Roseanne tweeted all of this nonsense about her. It's no need for me to go over the tweets, but it was just like... Well, wait, well, one up. of the things, one okay. of the, because at first, you know, first of all, 
so many people are racist. Like you can't, you don't put anything past anybody. That's number one. So number two, when they were talking about what she was saying and whatever, I was like, well, let me see what she said because mm-hmm. everybody's so sensitive these days. But when I saw um, what she said, I was like, yo, like I'm ready to go punch Roseanne in the face. Right. You know what I mean? Because that was just pure outlandish. Like that was totally disrespectful. Like to mm-hmm. she called her a monkey. No, she, she said her, she said she? she looked like the product of a Muslim brotherhood and a monkey. Hmm. Exactly. Like that but was here's the thing. Like Roseanne was racist before they brought her back. She was racist during the time they brought her back, and she's going to be racist after this. So for the thing with Valerie Jarrett, this was not the first time that Roseanne had uh, tweeted out anything racist. Not right. By but this a long is not. Shot. This is not really. Time. This is not so much about racism as it is. Um, you know, and my thing is okay, Roseanne. And other people said this too, like, okay, I can see where you may have thought it was okay to say that since your president, you know, tweets and says anything he wants. And we know that she's a Trump supporter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much about racism as this people's just feel so free to say whatever they want without Mm -hmm. consequence. And to me... Mm Like, some of the things that have been said, like, what's that girl on the D-list, that little redhead comedian girl that's always doing outlandish stuff? Um, Kathy Griffin? Kathy Griffin. You know, so her career mm-hmm. came to, like, a halt a little bit because... Because she talked about 45. No, not because she talked she, about him. She had a, no, this she thing said with the bleeding head, to, and right. she had mm-hmm. the picture of it, whatever. But they so, did, okay, they did the same thing to... Um, they did the same thing to President Obama. So many exactly. people were talking and about nobody, him, calling exactly, him monkey, exactly. cutting off his head, exactly. and no one said and that's anything. My, and, so. that's my, and that's my point. So, you know, it wasn't, what she did wasn't racist, but it was, you know, so it's, it's, it's this outlandish, you know, mm. and, then, and then for Roseanne to, <laughs> to blame, <laughs> to blame Ambien, like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, Ambien wasn't having it. Let me okay, Ambien. Here's clap the thing. Back quick. <laughs> Here's the thing. Once she got fired, this is the thing. Once she got fired, she came out and she apologized. Now, here's my That's thing with racism. Did. If but you're racist, why are you apologizing? If you're going to be racist, go all out for yours. Right. I can't, st- like, you're already, this show is already canceled. So right. it doesn't even make a difference. You know, you, it's no coming back from it. The show is canceled. Just stand by your racism. I can't stand a backpedaling, pussy popping racist. Don't apologize for nothing. Mm-hmm. If you said it, stand by it. If you said, if I came out and I said all white people is devils, kill them all, whatever, I'm standing by it. If you said that she looked like a Muslim brotherhood, monkey, whatever, stand by that. Because you're going to say something else after that. So then you're going to look crazy apologizing. So she and came you out, believe she did the what apology. You said. 100%. So, right. She came out, she did the apology. Then she said, no, I was on Ambien and, you know, that Ambien has me doing some crazy things and it has mm. me um, Ambien uh, tweeting quack, this quick with that. Ambien said, <laughs> Ambien um, sent out no, a tweet and it, and it says, <laughs> Ambien said, people of all races, religion, and nationalities work at Sanofi every day to improve the lives of people around the world. While all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects, racism is not a known side effect of any <laughs> Sanofi medication. Ambien said, you won't go You ain't blaming right. that on us. <laughs> and and, and right. let me tell you something. I take Ambien. I take Ambien every night. I have really bad insomnia, and I take Ambien every night. And I have never sent out a racist tweet while I was on Ambien. Now, now I didn't send out some text messages that was a little questionable to some people that I probably should have not been texting, mm-hmm. you know, but 
<laughs> I, I never sent out any racist texts right. or racist tweets or, you know, Ambien ain't caused me to be racist. Exactly. And I take it every night. <laughs> so Ambien said, uh-uh, uh-uh. Ambien was like, the exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that too. Ambi wasn't for it. Like, whoa, whoa. At all. I don't, I don't even at know all. you. I don't know that's right. <laughs> right. Does, this I, product I, not does not baby. cause racism. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, Roseanne, bye. And, bye. And, and, you know, bye. And that's just the end of it. And and way to go, um, Channing, for yes. uh, setting the standard over at ABC that y'all not going to be having the bullshit. That's right. I, I appreciate that. And speaking of getting fired, who else got fired? Who else got fired? Kenya. Oh, my goodness, girl. Yay! Kenya. <laughs> I don't want you her gotta, coming back yeah. as a guest. I don't want her with a peach. I don't want her. Like, right. I don't even tweet during the show anymore. I can't stand her so bad. Oh, my goodness. Listen, so glad. when her parts come on, if it's, like, focused on her, I definitely put mute. This season was lackluster, but season 10 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta was lackluster. However, Kenya mm. was not featured on there. The reunion pissed me off because it made me be on Kenya's side because I can't stand racist-ass Kim so much. Exactly. And speaking of racist-ass Kim and the reunion... I failed to mention this last week because my cousin and co-host was telling me about, you know, some family issues that we had had, <laughs> if you listen to that show. But Andy Cohen, who is, you know who Andy Cohen is, of course, the executive right. producer of Real Housewives of Atlanta. He was on a Jenny McCartney show, and he said out of his mouth that Kim was ganged up on. What? That Kim couldn't defend herself against the women and he felt like he should have got up and left the reunion because he didn't have control of the room what what i so don't that's why i don't watch her i don't watch kim or kenya I, uh, right if i, well, I don't, I don't sure even watch kim at all i don't even know, I don't why, even know why they the have her anymore. on there exactly as a, you know so andy after he said that on the Jenny McCartney show, he went on to the Breakfast Club. He t he put on an Adidas track suit mm. or like the jacket, you know, and then he went up there at the black station with the black people. Please and tell him Charlamagne dug in his shit. He he didn't dug he didn't dig into his shit Ugh. because Andy apologized and said that that's not what he was. Uh, what he what he meant he should have what? chose a better choice of words but she wasn't ganged up on but she couldn't you know formulate what she wanted to say because she, she's she racist. didn't have no right she didn't have no clapbacks and here's the thing a she wasn't ganged up on b she had no problem opening her racist ass mouth all season when she was calling them a, ba a bunch of bitches and mm -hmm. um uh and and broke and this that and the third she was she had no problem forming her words then, but then all of a sudden she was ganged up on. That ain't nothing but some white privilege, some white bullshit that Andy is out here defending when it shouldn't have been. A, Kim shouldn't be on the show with a whole cast of black women. She shouldn't be on Period. It. Point blank, period. And then you have her on there and y'all let her get away with anything. And Andy, right. Andy... Have several Don't forget mm -hmm. where your bread and butter comes from, exactly. sweetie. And that's the Real Housewives of Atlanta. They are the highest rated show that you have. And they need to come together and tell Andy that that was some bullshit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I failed to mention that, and I just had to mention that. But last but not least, on my who did some shit, shit list is um, Drake and Pusha T. So, you know, Drake and Pusha T are having the rap battle of 2018. And this is a real rap battle. Not like when Drake battled Meek Mills, because that was like a mean bullshit. He thought he could spit out some little goofy lines. You know, you ain't on your tour. You on your woman's tour. You know, that type of thing. But he knew he had to really rap against Pusha T. Because Pusha T is, is a an lyricist. elite MC. Exactly. You know, he's definitely a lyricist. And so Pusha T released his album last week, Daytona. Mm -hmm. Great album. I, I wanted more from the album because it was only seven songs. 
they got this thing over at Good Music. They only doing seven songs, you know, seven to completion. That's you know an album. Think about the numbers. That's not an album. <laughs> <laughs> that's an album. That, that's that's not <laughs> even an album. That's side A. Whole, um, that's on, on the, the right on the cassette. That's only the first side. You can't even flip it oh, over. Right. What? That's no, crazy. you 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 go two traffic lights and that's over. Oh. And I need my music to like last me right. a little minute. But you know, it was a good album. Uh, lyrically, he murdered it, of course. And he went on to the Breakfast Club, among other um, platforms, and he talked about all the smoke that he wanted with Drake. And so, Drake sent out a diss song right away. Like mm. I was, I was shocked how fast the di- the diss how fast song he learned it. came out. Uh-huh. Well, how fast he just you know put it out because he it was just it. like. Yeah, Somebody yeah. wrote it. He learned it real fast. Right. <laughs> right. Well, he put it out. It was all right. I mean, it had the internet going crazy, of course, because people can't see past Drake's whatever. Drake is like, he could do anything, and people will be like, oh, my God, it was the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Drake hater. Like, I like some of his songs, you know, but do I know any Drake songs? Um, pr- I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, okay. I'm trying I, to really think. Like, yeah, I don't think. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't probably think don't. I, I don't know any of no. Drake. Drake who? I mean, yeah. listen, Drake is a is a is a good rapper. He can make a good song. That I'll say that. You know, I don't think that he's the best lyricist. Like people think, he damn sure ain't in my top five. And, and I haven't ain't, heard ain't him he like a fake gangster? in a lot of. Yeah, yeah, and he a fake gangster and he's light skinned So that's why, I which really is don't, what irks you know. me the most. I yeah. can't stand this persona. Like when you saying in your music. Don't don't let me do this. It's like Drake, you ain't gonna do that. Just be honest that you got a bunch of ninjas around you that'll do anything because you got a couple dollars. Like you got gangsters around you, and that's cool. And and, and just say that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, he responded. It was a little slack, like hey, you know. But then Pusha T came, and well, let's just say he clapped back. Well, he, he did more than clap back. What he did was he put Drake in his place. Push oh. had really been waiting for this for probably like around three years because he put out a song Exodus a little minute ago. I think that was like three years ago or it was maybe longer, longer than, that. than that. No, the battle, the the little whatever they have going on, and this is a good healthy rap battle. How it's presenting today? Yeah, not no. It's a healthy bullshit. right. It's a real healthy rap battle. But this goes back to um. All right, you know I'm not super savvy, but uh, <laughs> well, you sounded like you get ready to tell me. All I'm, about to, I'm about to put you D because you know you don't be knowing. Uh, people be calling me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. All but right. didn't wasn't Drake working with um, Lil Wayne before? Yeah. Okay. No, Drake so, is with Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is like Drake's boss. He's signed under right, Young right, Money. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. That's what I meant to say, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> you know, Drake is with Lil Wayne. So, right. um, and Drake used to be a fan of Pusha's group. Well, he's, he's no, the Clips, he's still a fan. He's, he is like. Allegedly. He, he's he like their. He was like, like their number one fan. He was like their Trust. number one fan, right? So he got mm-hmm. that little, um, he got that little signed microphone that he bought on eBay or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now he mm-hmm. talking about it ain't mm-hmm. worth nothing or whatever. But okay, so back in the day, this is maybe like I had just, uh, this, I'm thinking like this is early 2000s, like 2005, 2006 mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. and um. You know, Pusha and his brother was wearing those clothes made by Pharrell. Bates. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so then Lil Wayne put the little Pharrell outfit on, Pharrell's clothes outfit on, and was on the cover of a magazine. Mm-hmm. And then Pusha and his brother had kind of dissed that, like, you biting our shit, nigga, right. kind of thing mm-hmm. like that. On, And so that's where the whole battle began. And they've been right. going like back and forth, back and forth ever since. Pusha album just came out. They're doing the little back and forth, back and forth. It's definitely going to boost sales. I think that's good. 
good. You know what I mean? Well, and Drake Work has an album coming out. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Drake has an album coming out too. And the thing about Drake is, I will say he's very calculated in what he did. But what he failed to do was realize that you were once and still are Pusha T's number one fan. So you already know how he get down when it comes down to the rapping. So when he came out and he gave you these bars that he just gave you about you hiding your child, about how you got the baby by a porn star. Mm. When he said, let us see who you chose as your Beyonce, because what happened in Drake's this he talked about Pusha T's fiance mm. and Pusha T was like yeah nah mm-hmm. I'm not having that you can't talk about my woman when you got a baby that you hiding from a porn star and so it the this that uh Pusha put out is called the story of Adonis because um uh uh Drake's new Adidas clothing line or his new you know whatever with Adidas that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And so and he's supposed to unveil his baby during the ad. And Pusha T was like, damn, we can't see your baby till you selling something. Mm. And you got a porn star as a baby mom. Mm. You ain't even proud of the bitch. Like you chose to skeet in her because you could have like wrapped it up. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is this. I'm I'm very happy that Pusha came back extremely hard i know he got more ammunition i'm definitely more of a pusher fan than i would ever be a drake fan because and when it comes down to hip-hop i stand by lyricism i can't stand gimmicky rappers at Mm -hmm. all and to me drake is a gimmicky rapper but i will dance to nice for what in the club okay um so yeah let's see well yeah that's his new song but let's see where this goes i i mean like it's very interesting it's very interesting and one more last tidbit thing i'm just glad that drake um know that somebody is finally coming after drake because the thing is is they got him so far up on a pedestal they so far up his ass that they think that he can't do nothing wrong and you won't win Mm. he'll win the popularity contest he won't win the rap battle remember that you heard that on we did that shit podcast you heard it here first get into our um let's get into our topic (laughs) for this week check your ego at the door yes so we're halfway through the year and you know we set new year's resolutions well my new year starts in the spring but um, usually people have summer goals and, you know, mm. this is a time that we kind of look at where we are at the halfway point. And a lot of times when we set goals and we want to do things, a lot of times our egos can be a stumbling block mm-hmm. and we don't even realize it. Mm-mm. So we want to see, we want to help you to see. If you're getting in your own way, is your mm-hmm. ego out of control? So a few episodes back, and Maya, do you remember who was that that was trying to bait us on social media to say something about Gabrielle Union? No, I don't remember his name or his, but you he, know, what he was on Twitter, but he was going in. Like he, he was Gabrielle Union's publicist. I mean, really. Um, so Maya mentioned that her book club read we're going to need more wine, which is Gabrielle Union's book, her autobiography, I guess. And she also, Maya also mentioned that reading the book caused her to see Gabrielle Union in a different light. It did. It made me, I always had a certain thought of Gabrielle Union. I It did. It did. I always had a certain thought of Gabrielle Union And it felt like her real life was mimicking the characters that she played. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, or at least eight times out of ten, she was playing a character that was like a bitch. And so what she gave off in interviews and, you know, just all kinds of things, it gave that vibe off. And when I read the book, it made me just understand who she was a little bit more. And it caused me to stop looking at her as she had been through some things, you know, a lot of colorism issue. 
But that's true. But I'm saying some people don't know how to handle it. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of colorism issues. You know, she was raped um, with her marriage, her first marriage, mm -hmm. you know, before she uh, married Dwayne Wade and how she was like taken advantage of, you know, like she was more of the giver in all of her relationships. Um, and, and people were taken basically. And so it just made me look at her just a little bit different. And it made me like her a little bit more, like reading mm -hmm. that book made me say, Oh, you ain't such a bad person after all, because to be honest with you, I didn't care for her, you know, and it wasn't that I like disliked her so strongly, but she didn't give off an aura of likable, you know right. what I mean? And, and that's what you said when you first talked about how y'all read the book. And I mm -hmm. said, you know, when you talked about it, I said, you know, I don't want to read the book. I'm going to reserve mm -hmm. my judgment to see if I see any act right. You know, if she mm -hmm. had like, again, I don't know her. We don't know her. Yeah, but we, don't we have her, seen right. her out more than once, more than twice. We've seen her out. She always appears to be attitudinal. You know, her roles are always bitchy. And mm -hmm. it was just every time I saw her, even heard her name, I was just like, ugh, you know. Mm -hmm. So the first, since you, you mentioned the book, the first thing I saw her on since that was uh, she was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. And mm -hmm. I will say that I saw a difference. I said, mm -hmm. oh, well, look at her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe she's really trying to change. Now, she's been through some things, terrible things, you know, and it is you don't wish it on anyone. And, you know, you kind of empathize with a person, but a lot of people have been through some stuff. And you chose the career to be in the public. Like, that's what you right. chose. You know, good for you. You had the strength to get through. Um, but then more recently... She was on Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett. Mm -hmm. And um, she confessed, she said it herself, that she was a hater. Mm -hmm. You know, so it just, and it showed. I think it showed. It, it showed in, to me, it showed. So let this be a lesson to you people. If you're a hater, it shows. You know, right. people really don't even 100%. have to know you. <laughs> Right. You know, so it really it really does show. Um, but if you don't know, that is ego. Mm. That's ego because that's mm -hmm. what your ego is. Your ego is your own sense of self or self-importance or self-esteem. That is mm. exactly what your ego is. So if you're a hater, we didn't even get into the, the crazy eights that your ego is out of control. But if you're a hater, that's that's one of them. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so that's what we have. We have the crazy eights that your ego is out of control. Mm -mm. Go ahead, Maya. Number one. So number one, you think you have all the answers. Mm. Nobody likes well, to know it all. Nobody likes, I know so many oh know-it-alls and it's so funny because I'm always thinking to myself, like, you could say anything too. Like, you know, I have to go and get an artery cut in my neck and then they have to like stitch it back up and they'd be like, uh-uh, they don't stitch it. Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. They take a suture <laughs> and then they, and you be thinking like, uh, you know that you went to medical school? I didn't, right. I didn't know that you went to medical school, but they know. They know it all. You think you have all the answers and you refuse other people's advice. Right. Yeah. Not that, not what you got to say. Like, oh, we have to put these envelopes inside this box and you'd be like, oh, you should do it like this. Mm -mm, no, no, no. We're going to mm -mm. put them one by one. We want them to be placed exactly right. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like nobody can ever tell you anything. Yeah. That's right. And you right. blame other people when something goes wrong. Like, oh, you didn't put them in in a bunch like I told you to. But it's like, oh, And no. that's the reason why they came exactly. back. Uh -huh. it's <laughs> exactly. Like, okay. Yes. You know, that's first definitely... of all, I thought you knew it all. Exactly. And, and so if you knew everything, then you wouldn't be blaming me because things didn't go your way. Exactly. Hmm. Number, yes. You think you have all the answers. Definitely a sign that your ego is out of control. Mm-hmm. Number two. You think others are beneath you. Mm. Ciao. Mm, mm, mm. 
Let me tell you something. My mom used to always say, everybody's a person. And people mm-hmm. don't have to be nice. And they certainly don't have to be nice to you. And that was her way of telling us to respect everyone. Everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. for the person From that the they From the janitor own. to the president. That's right. That's exactly. Right. Everyone. And here's the thing. Not only do you think people are beneath you, you tell people that they're beneath you. Mm, mm, mm. I Can you imagine? No, I was just... Um, I was just mm. about to say, like, I can't even imagine the series of words that will come that out of my mouth, right. the combinations that I would put together if right. somebody if actually told me. told me with their mouth, with words, with air and sound that I could hear that I was right. beneath them. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't even imagine. Now, and I will say this. Sidebar. I have told someone that they was beneath me before. Mm. Like one time um, when I was dealing with my ex and a chick, she didn't say anything to me, mm-hmm. but I, she said something in reference to me. And I was like, tell that bitch she'll never be on my level. She is beneath me mm-hmm. so I have said that I, my ego was definitely out of control rightfully so at the time but <laughs> yeah you know now that we got our rules I'm like yeah, oh, that was me <laughs> at one time but that was then and this is now well I mean we are a society of status you know mm-hmm. we, we really are we're a society of status status, and you know like Meek Mill say it's levels <laughs> <laughs> you love that. You love that damn levels. Let me I tell love you. that song uh, because there are now. I have never told someone that they're beneath me, but I had somebody said to me that they was like, "Well, you think you better," and I said, "No, I don't think I'm better, but clearly you do. You think, I'm and better. you're right." Mm-hmm. Since you think exactly. that, you're right. So it's not, right. I don't think that anyone is beneath me, and I certainly would never tell anybody that. Like, that is crazy mm-hmm. to me. Um, but also with that, but also with that, you feel elevated by gossiping about other people's falls. I don't, I don't even understand how that can make you feel good about yourself talking about somebody else's triflingness. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 where does that make me happy? Like, what does that have to do with me? Like... You out well, here in Walmart know, in pajamas and I feel better? I, I don't get that. Right. But people think that, you know, oh, it's something that I wouldn't do. You know, I would never be out of here in pajamas. You know, I am better because I wouldn't be out here in pajamas. And they get a kick out of the fact that they wouldn't do some of the trifling stuff that other people are doing, you know, but again, it's the signs that your ego are out of control because you feel good about gossiping about other people's um, stuff. Nonsense. I mean, I know people that gossip and I mean, I might say a few words about something. We all gossip. I I don't care. Let me tell you something. We're not going to sit here and say that we all don't gossip. We all gossip because if I see somebody in Walmart in pajamas and I'm with somebody else, I probably will turn around and be like, why the hell she got them damn pajamas on. Exactly. But so, it doesn't yeah. make me feel better, is what I'm saying. No, like, it doesn't make me feel better all. about my damn self, but I will say, why the hell she got them pajamas on? But um, yeah, so these are just look, we we didn't make these up. This is this is the ego stuff. We didn't make this stuff up. So That's this, right. if we talk about this is you, your ego don't talking. Feel offended. <laughs> this is your ego talking. All right, so number three, you think you are untouchable. Mm, mm, mm. Nothing applies to you. Mm-hmm. You act like your mm-hmm. shit smells like roses. Mm-hmm. You ignore the rules. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, you could just privilege is really what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It's privilege. And, you know, depending on where you are and how you can pull it off, you know, but I'm telling you, privilege will get you hurt. Well, I was gonna say, it's so many people out here these days, um, in the in the era that we're in that don't think that their shit smells mm-hmm. and they also um, feel untouchable. 
and they ignore the rules. And we're talking about all these people that are doing all of this racist bullshit. Um, and this is just a side note, and this was probably should have been in the Who Did Some Shit, but I have to talk about this since we're talking about this because their egos is out of control. Did you see the uh, white people who attacked the black girls? It was like a doctor's convention. It was like a, 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 a African-Americans doctors convention in Florida and they were staying at the Omni Hotel and they, a white family was telling their child to pee in the pool. They were all in the pool and they was like, just pee, like just pee in the pool. And they they said something like, just pee in the pool. Other people are in this pool, i.e. us, you know. And so they videotaped them the white lady was calling them black girls all kinds of you black bitch and this, that, and the third. I said, these people is out here out of control, thinking they're untouchable, what? ignoring the rules, the sense of entitlement, all the things that mm-hmm. show that their ego are out of control. Calling mm-hmm. them a bunch of black bitches, left and came back and tried to attack them. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get kicked mm-hmm. out the hotel? Well, I don't know. The video didn't show all of that. But mm, the point mm, is, mm. is that I brought that up because... They think they're untouchable. Again, think they're untouchable, mm-hmm. think their shit don't stink, and ignore the rules, and definitely have a sense of entitlement. Definitely. So, um, number four, you never see yourself as the problem. Mm. And Gabrielle Union talked about this at the Red Table Talks. She said that. Mm-hmm. She said... I was going through with everybody, you know, everybody, Mm -hmm. even my day ones, you know, Mm -hmm. and she said, but I never wanted to see that it was me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you have to always look at yourself. You have to know that you are always the common denominator Denominator. and and you Mm -hmm. can't change other people. You can only change yourself. So even if changing Mm -hmm. yourself means removing yourself from the situation or, you know, or dealing with it different, you can only change yourself. Now, there are people in my life that get on my nerves Mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. However, I just got to the point where if I'm going to get mad every time that they do what they do or they are who they are, then I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So then... Now, when they do stuff, I be like, well, you know, that's what they do. Oh, well. And I just don't let it bother me because as long as you're not doing it to me, I, I don't put myself in a situation where they can do it to me or that it affects me. But, you know, okay. You and know. the people that are doing those things, they definitely never see themselves as the Never. Problem. Never. Never. They never, t- they never take blame for, for anything. anything. It's nothing. It's always someone else. It's never them. And that brings me to um, number five. Mm-hmm. They think that others are out to get them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So everybody you know, can't be out to get you. Everybody, like everybody cannot be out to get you. I don't, you, and you know, I know somebody with this to the 25th power. And I say it mm-hmm. to her all the time. I just be looking at her like, I just want to say like, are you fucking crazy? Like everywhere you go, every interaction you have, every time you get on an airplane or go to a doctor's office or go to a park or go to a a supermarket or go to a baseball game, like all, everybody mm-hmm. is doing something to you. To you. Because, come on now. Like, they, people first don't of all, you. Listen, first of all, when, I, when we were um, getting this list together, you know, the Eagles were out of control. I never, when we got to this number uh, five, that you think others are out to get you, and then we talked about that person that you're mm-hmm. talking about, I was thinking to myself, well, what the hell is her ego out of control? Like? And right. here's the thing. But ego is self, is how, it's her self-identity. You know, yeah, she, oh, doesn't see, she doesn't see herself as the problem, and she thinks literally... Like that everybody from the aunt to the to the I'm anybody. If it's an aunt on her counter, she said, Mm-mm, "This aunt is out to get me. I can't no, believe she, she'll be like up on my counter." Exactly. Like, oh, I know my <laughs> boss brought this aunt in here. He trying to make me quit. I mean, like, <laughs> any, she should be with the guy. 
She should be with the oh, guy, the, the mental health professional from last right, who's week not good that got thrown job. out the barbershop <laughs> that wasn't doing his job. She need to go see him. Oh, my goodness. Yes, because, I mean, <laughs> it is. And, I mean, some of the things that I hear her say, I just be like, is this real? But it's that's real. Yeah, so I just, you know. I experience I listen sometimes, real. and sometimes I don't. And I just be like, all right, because the whole world's out to get you. Okay. Like, I right, on, you know, because that's just how it well, is. Well, number six is you refuse to apologize. <coughs> so my ego might be out of control. Oh, what's I that? I guess I better check my ego <laughs> at the door. Because when, mm. when I read this list, I said, mm, well, that's me. Mm. Well, let me what? say this, people. <laughs> Mm-mm. Let me Here say this. Goes. I apologize. Okay. No, no, no. I apologize when an apology is needed. I'm not apologizing for every damn thing. I'm just not. I'm not. Now, mm-hmm. if 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 you are one of my day ones and I hurt your feelings or it's I feel it's a need to apologize, I don't have a problem apologizing. But I'm not apologizing for every damn thing. And you know, I can't help how your feelings are. Your feelings are your feelings, just like mine are mine. So I'm on this list. Damn it, man. <laughs> and, you know, I think I'm just the opposite. I, I'm always. Yeah, for nothing. I, I and that makes I'm me sorry. mad about you. I know you, it gets on your nerves, but I just like move on. I, I just cannot carry any kind of like baggage like that. I just. I ain't me, carrying baggage. I know, but to me, I just feel like I want you to know how really insignificant this whole situation is to me. You know, I, uh, uh, is that how, yeah, that's how you exactly. felt. That that's was not my intention. I, don't apologize. I apologize and I'm just move on. So I do apologize mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I'm usually the first one to apologize. I just don't have time for the nonsense. Mm-mm, good for you. Yeah. And I, I don't got that spirit. So number seven is you take pride in being a puppet master. Mm. Is Nene a puppet master? Who? Nene. Yeah, and her ego is out of control. And I tell you this all the time. I like Nene. She has, I like her too somewhat, but I don't like the fact that she is the way that she is now. Her ego is out of control. And the thing, when I think about ego, I never thought about some of these things as ego. Um, mm-hmm. that your ego is out of control. I never, I, I would never think of some things on this list and say, their ego is out of control. But then when we like looked up the definition of what an ego right. was and, and right. we seen that it was self-importance and self-esteem, then the list made sense. Prior to that, what I thought about ego was that you're not humble. Right. You know, right. like but that's you're not, not right. humble. You know, like I always say, you you just, you know, going on up the ladder and you ain't thinking about coming down a ladder and you stepping on everybody's head while you're going up that ladder. Mm-hmm. And what happens is once you get up that ladder, I keep telling y'all that my mother says everybody gets a turn. Right. And so you fall down the ladder and you got to look them same people each step in the eye that right. you were stepping on. And so to me, that was. That's an ego being out of control. That's what I thought an ego was being out of control is. And that's how I feel about Nene. She's not humble, you know, and she does take pride in being a puppet master. She takes, if you ever noticed anything about Nene, when you fall out with her, it's because you don't agree with her. Right. You know, it's like, and I hate, I hate people like that. Like I can't, I'm not that friend at all. Right. You know that I'm not that friend. I'm not that cousin. I'm not that nothing. I, I'm not going to be on your side. Now I'm going to ride with you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you when you're wrong. You know, like now, now I might not tell the person in question that you got a problem with that you wrong, but I'm a damn sure tell you, you wrong. Mm-hmm. Nene wants everybody to agree with her. She wants to pull the strings of everybody and she wants everybody. She wants to be in control of everybody. So yes, her ego is out of control. She, and she, takes pride in being a puppet master and it's a lot of people like that out there mm-hmm. i don't want no weak ass people around me that's that what I and that's, to, that's where i am right. with that because it just seems like a weak person is a puppet master and a weak mm-hmm. person is a puppet and exactly. that's the problem i have with that yeah it's the puppet that this makes me think about gangs you know, it, it makes me think about gangs and it, and, it, and it's no shade to you if you in a gang. But to me, it's like it's weak because yes, you have I to agree. have 
you have to have other people around you. Now, what gangs started out as, what gangs initially were, you know, and what they were started as, I don't think that's weak. You know, they started as an important thing in the community and it turned, it shifted to mm-hmm. something else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They would think that the Black Panther was a gang and they sought out to help their community and gangs originally uh, 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 um, Crips and the Bloods, you right. know, they were right. started because of that. And like I said, it took a turn for the worse, but what it, it represents now is not unity. I know It's not unity. And so that's what I think about when I think about your ego being out of control and you being a puppet master and being a puppet. So the eighth and final things is these things apply to you, but you don't care. Mm-hmm. If these things that we talked about in the crazy eight, um, don't apply to you, you think like, well, that ain't me. Then your ego is definitely out of control because mm-hmm. you can't even see the forest from the trees. You well, can't even see and then sometimes, you. and right, and sometimes it's subtle because mm-hmm. I had to, you know, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And just recently, you know, the frustrations at my job. And if you notice, I haven't been talking about it lately right. for, for a few weeks because I mm-hmm. really had to do like a self-evaluation. And then I was speaking to a colleague. Um, I had a meeting. And I was speaking to a colleague and um, I was just saying how, you know, it's like what was going on at work and how frustrating it was or whatever. And I said, I just been talking to the Lord and, um, you know, I have to try to figure this out because I love what I do for a living. But Mm -hmm. I was starting not to like. Thank you. And I was starting Mm -hmm. not to like going to work and I didn't like that. And she was saying that, she said, well, you know, Babi, uh, flesh, the Lord is really dealing with me with my flesh. And I said, yes. I said, my pastor always says flesh has to die daily. And she said, yes. And that's what it is. It's not so much what they're doing because, you know, the Lord has always blessed you. Mm-hmm. As long as you're in the right place where he wants you to be. You know, the Lord blesses you. It doesn't matter what the other people are doing. And she mm-hmm. said, that's that that's that flesh. You get that flesh under control. And that's what the ego is. It's the it's the flesh saying, see me, see me. You know, mm-hmm. oh, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. And I was like, and is the stuff still going on? Yes. Do I care? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Nope. And yeah. I just feel so much more productive. And, you know, so I had to check my own ego. Mm-hmm. And I every day I come to work like flesh die daily. You know, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for my patients. And as long as my patients are getting better, that's great. And so, right. you know, sometimes it's subtle. You don't see it. So even with these crazy eights, which I think is a great list, people may recognize some things in themselves mm-hmm. and they may mm-hmm. not. They might say, mm, maybe it's that. Mm, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. But even if it's subtle, if you think so, then it is. Then it so is, you should yeah. check your ego at the door. And that way you can soar. Uh-oh, I'm in the rap battle. You in the, uh, <laughs> you been there up there with Pusha T and them. And nothing closes yes. out the show quite like um, the, the the lyrical genius that um, my co-host, <laughs> the B, has just given you. So you know what? Again, check your ego at the door. We yes. hope that you um, have enjoyed the list. And, and if you see some of this stuff in you, you know, you know what to do. So we're going to go right. ahead and get and on don't, out of and here. Don't, let me just say, don't put it on somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think somebody else may have some of these things, don't go saying, I was just listening to a podcast. See, what you can do is say, oh, you know what? I listened to this dope podcast you should listen to. You know, uh-huh. but don't be going telling them like, oh, you got this, this, this. Don't put it on somebody else. <laughs> right. Check your own ego before you do that. Right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. So we hope you enjoyed the show this week. I'm going to give you the spill that I always give you. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on all uh, social media sites. We can be found at We Did That Shit. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I 
fail to say this every week, but please don't forget to subscribe to the show, like the show, and comment. We need your ratings and your comments. Drop us a line or two under the podcast site. You yes. know, like CastBox, Stitcher, YouTube, iTunes, all yes. the places that we're on. Drop us some stuff there because you you tweet us and you Instagram us and we love it. But, you know, we need other people to see it too, i.e. the people that's running those sites. So drop us uh, some, some comments under there. And um, you can always follow me on my personal Twitter. It's MyMy13. That's M-Y-M-Y-1-3. And I'm at the Biamina. That's B-I-B-B-I-A-M-I-N-A. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here. And we'll be here the same time next week. It's June. Let's get ready for Essence Fest. Be great this week. Do that shit. We Did That Shit podcast is produced and edited by Selena Singleton and brought to you by Wonderful Me Media. Wonderful Me Media, what's wonderful about you?